Ciao. Ni hao. Yasu. Bonjour. Guten Tag. My name is Lydia, and I'm your host of the Global Travel Junkie podcast, where we'll discover new luxury destinations and experiences together. So let's get started and meet today's guest. Hello, everyone. It's Lydia again with the Global Travel Junkie podcast and YouTube channel. And I'm so excited to uh, welcome back uh, Fernando, Fernando Diaz with Quasar Expeditions. Today, we're going to talk about Patagonia, which is another excursion that they customize for travelers. Hi, Fernando. How you doing? Hi, Lydia. How are you? Thanks for having me back. Good. Thanks for being here. I can't wait to dive in. And and in the spirit of being um, impactful and quick, I'm going to ask you to do a little introduction for those who haven't met you yet from the other episode about the Galapagos excursion. Introduce yourself and then let's just dive right in. I want you to tell everyone what Quasar Expeditions does in Patagonia for everybody. Perfect. Um, well, so again, my name is Fernando Diaz and I'm the director of marketing at Quasar Expeditions. This is a high-end adventure travel company that has been family owned since 1986. It was actually started by my two parents, Eduardo and Dolores uh, Diaz, you know, almost 40 years ago. And it continues to be family run to this day. I am the director of marketing and my two brothers also work at this company. So we've always made sure, you know, that our adventures give people this feeling of being welcome, like into our home and our destination. And that's how we've always done it. Regardless of the fact that it's, you know, a luxury company, it, it just feels like home when you travel with us. And so the Galapagos, as I said, started in 86, but I actually moved down to Chile. I'm originally from Ecuador. and for those of you who don't know, the Galapagos Islands belong to Ecuador. Um, and I moved down to Chile in 2013. And basically, I've been here ever since. And, you know, with this entrepreneurial spirit and this love for travel, um, I went to see Torres del Paine when I came to Chile and I fell in love with the place. Um, and I, I definitely said, you know, it was actually my brother and I, we rented a sedan you know, probably the worst vehicle you can imagine to explore this terrain. We almost destroyed it in the process. And we said, you know, there has to be a better way to be able to see these parts. And, and we saw so many properties and did so many excursions that we said, you know, for people who are coming to a place like this, who don't know much about the places to stay, about the excursions that there is to do, and that you really need a good vehicle to get around these national parks, why don't we put something together that offers it all? And that's essentially how our Patagonia program started in 2013. And so as opposed to the Galapagos that are, is obviously a cruising operation and we own and operate the boats there, in Patagonia, we actually own a fleet of luxury SUV vehicles and we take people around the national parks um, exploring both the Chilean and the Argentine side of Patagonia in these vehicles where everything is you know, set for you. You know, we taking care of the properties. You book these sort of all-inclusive packages that includes the hotels, it includes the meals, it includes the excursions. Uh, we have a guided and a non-guided version 
on the guided version, you obviously have an expert Quasar guide accompany you throughout the trip. And then on the non-guided version, you actually are able to explore the parks on your own in these vehicles. And now that may seem, you know, challenging maybe for some of the listeners, you know, going to a remote place like Patagonia, um, where, you know, you don't, you don't have the road signs that you have in most streets, like in the US, for example. Um, language, you know, could be a barrier and things like that. However, we planned this out so that it's very seamless and very easy to get around. So you have what we call the expedition manual and it's an app that actually comes on your phone. It tells you every day what you have to do, where you have to go, what time you have to depart to the hotel to get to the excursion, um, you know, what meals are included, the whole thing. And so people have given us the feedback of how extremely easy it was actually to be able to navigate around Patagonia on their own. And so this is very popular for for photographers, for example, that they need complete flexibility to be out of the hotel, you know, by five in the morning for those photos of sunrise or be back, you know, at 10 p.m. because they need to get those, you know, warm light afternoon shots. Um, so in essence, you know, we, we offer it all. And this is really an adventure for all kinds of travelers of all ages and stages and physical ability levels. Let's talk a little bit about the type of places that y'all work with that people stay in. Cause you were telling me there's the option for like a yurt, which is a little bit more of a safari style. And then there's the five-star, I'm sure just a resort type hotel or so. Yep. So in essence, I think, you know, everybody defines their version of luxury, right? For some people, luxury is camping, in that remote place where silence, that's their perception of luxury, right? And even though they can afford a five-star hotel, you know, in a penthouse suite in New York or something like that, their definition of luxury is that. And for others, you know, maybe luxury is a spa and a massage and five-star dining. And so we know that everybody's definition of luxury is different. And what we try to do with our programs is present these various forms of luxury, depending on the kind of traveler that you are. So as you said, Lydia, we offer stays in these Mongolian style tent yurts that are in the middle of the beech tree forest in towards the Pine National Park. You actually hear the wind at night, you know, slapping against the tent. And that's very, it's a very real experience, right? Um, sometimes it, it can get a little difficult maybe to sleep with the wind. We have earplugs for people who have, you know, are sensitive to that kind of stuff. And maybe if that's not your thing, there are also these luxury retreats at the edge of lakes, you know, overlooking the uh, Torres del Paine Massive. They have amazing spas, they offer amazing food, the accommodations are fantastic. And so whatever your definition of luxury is, we can tailor that for you. And so in Patagonia, we're really a tailor-made DMC that as we explained is a destination management company, which means we've tested all the excursions, all the hotels, all the service providers, and we've combined them, you know, with the expertise that we have from being in the industry 37 years to create these one of a kind experiences that leave people absolutely, you know, breathtaking by just everything they see and they do. And I do wanna, you know, clarify something that 
in the past, there was always a misconception that Patagonia is a destination for people willing to rough it, right? You have to be an adventurer. <laughs> you have to be willing to camp. You have to have, you know, be in really good physical shape to be able to do these amazing hikes. And that could not be farther from the truth today. <laughs> today, Patagonia is really for everybody. We've had guests as young as two years old and as old as 98, and they've enjoyed it equally. The glacier behind me, for example, Perito Moreno is even, um, it's accessible via these boardwalks. This is on the Argentine side, and there's even an elevator for handicapped people. So if you know, you're in a wheelchair and you thought you, you know, Patagonia was, you know, unaccessible. Not for you. Yeah, unaccessible. That's not true. The hotels wow. we work with have, have ramps, um, you know, getting in the vehicle and touring around the vehicle. Yes, some excursions will not be an option, yeah. but in general, you'll be able to do most of the things to at least be able to see the highlights of these national parks. So that's really unique. I love that detail. I want my our listeners to who are even dreaming of the trip of their lifetimes to choose something like this to understand, you know, they can bring their brother or sister or whoever, you know, that might have that um, situation. You know, that's so great that you added that detail. Um, let's talk about the, so Patagonia, can you give a little bit of background about Patagonia for people who don't know, you know, what it is? I mean, I like the fact that it's in Argentina and in Chile and then I asked you earlier before we started, I was like, what side are y'all on? And then you explained. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So Patagonia is immense. It's actually almost the bottom third of the entire continent, you know, of South, of South America. America. Yeah. So it's huge. It begins on the Chilean side at around, um, you know, Puerto Montt and on the Argentine side around Bariloche that maybe some listeners have heard of. That is Northern Patagonia. And Northern Patagonia is separated from Southern Patagonia, which is where we operate okay. by the, the Southern Ice Field. The Southern Ice Field is the third largest concentration of fresh water in the world after Antarctica and Greenland. Um, and it really divides Chile into two. You cannot travel to Chile from North to South on a road because the ice field actually divides the country in two. And so you have to cross to Argentina or take a ferry you know, that then circles around uh, the ice field. And and so that divides Northern Patagonia from the South and we're actually in the South. Okay. The Southern part of Patagonia is probably the most popular. And most okay. of you may have heard of, you know, the, towards the Paine National Park, Tierra del Fuego. Um, and, you know, in Argentina, you have Los Glaciares National Park that includes the famous Perito Moreno Glacier, which is the glacier in the picture behind me. And you have El Chalten, which is kind of like the adventure capital of Argentina. And it's the equivalent of Torres del Paine where you just have these amazing hikes, this incredible formation, you know, granite formation, um, which is Mount Fitzroy and Cerro Torre. And you can do all sorts of hikes. Um, so what we do at Quasar is, you know, because of that first trip that I took with my brother and we drove, I think it was like 3000 miles in like six in days. A sedan. <laughs> yeah, in a sedan. But we saw all these places and if you are going to take, you know, a flight all the way down to Patagonia and for, for people that may be wondering, well, how long is that? Consider that a flight from Miami to Santiago de Chile, which is kind of like the, the main international airport in Chile, 
is about nine hours. And the same thing to Buenos Aires in Argentina, the, the capital of Argentina. Then you have to take another flight down to Patagonia that is another three hours. All right. Once oh, yeah, you get and to I have, wait, I have a question before you. Is that yeah. like a little tiny small plane or is this like commercial airlines? No, these are these are commercial airlines. Latam, you have a Sky Airline here. They operate. Okay. These are the Airbus A319s and okay. A320s. So the same. We talked about this like in the Galapagos. Yeah. Discussion. Well, it's the same. I'm flight. interested. I don't want to get in one of those little little tiny you know airplanes. Oh no. Other people might be worried about going no. over a mountain. I just imagine going over a glacier in a little tiny airplane. No, not at all. And 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 these are, you know, multiple flights per day. There's a lot, you know, these regions are big. So there's a, actually a lot of non-tourism transportation happening. Um, there are a lot of businesses settled in Patagonia too, whether it's cattle farming or renewable energy or gas and coal and things like that. Okay. So um, the, yeah, just the, the region is varied in what it does. However, tourism is still the most important um industry right now for for patagonia it used to be kettle farming in the past uh, but today it is tourism okay i don't i didn't mean to interrupt you let's go back to what you were trying to tell us so you fly over there from yep so i'm just giving an example from miami right there are flights directly from europe too like if you're flying from madrid straight to santiago de chile or to buenos aires um and then you know as we said we are we are a Chilean company and we're based on the Chilean side, but we do both sides of Patagonia. So what I always encourage people, and this is something that most people who travel to Patagonia do not understand, is that if you're going to make it all the way down, you have to see both sides. And you couldn't imagine how different they are from one another. So, you know, the Andes mountain range acts as a curtain dividing Chile from Argentina. And what happens is that all the moisture from the Pacific gets trapped on the Chilean side. So it's a lot greener, you know, more forest, more rivers um, and things like that. But then on the Argentine side, all that moisture that is captured, uh, most of the glaciers actually snake down to the Argentine side. That's why they call it Los Glaciares National Park, you know, Glaciers National Park. And you have these amazing glaciers like the one behind me um, all over Argentina that is a lot flatter, but full of these impressive glaciers and these huge, huge lakes that are a result of, you know, the, the melting of these multiple glaciers that end up in these lakes. And so it's so incredibly different to see Chile and Argentina that if you make it all the way down, you have to leave enough time, right? So not leaving enough time to visit Patagonia and just taking maybe, you know, a four-night tour of Chile, of Chile towards the Pine National Park is definitely not enough. Our so shortest program. Let's talk about the long, what's the a right amount of time to. Yep. So we do realize that for certain um, people or markets, you know, a week long vacation is all they can take at, at a given time. Right. So our shortest program is um, six days, sorry, six nights, seven days. All right. We call that Patagonia Express. And we spent. <laughs> We spent four of those nights in the Chilean side and two of those nights in Argentina. So this is kind of like for people who are short on time um, or just have a week to spend, this is the minimum you need to see the best of both national parks. Our most popular program is, um, is eight nights, nine days. And there we actually spend 
five days on the Chilean side and then four on the Argentine side. And so you get to see a lot more in a lot more depth, the uh, you know, the different parts of Argentina, especially. And then, you know, the what I consider to be the best program. This is actually the what my brother and I did, you know, way back in, in 2013, the first time we toured is we saw everything in Chile and everything in Argentina. So we did, you know, Puerto Natales and Torres del Paine National Park in Chile. And then we went over to El Calafate and Perito Moreno Glacier, and then all the way up to El Chalten. That's our immersion safari that is 10 nights, 11 days. For those time privilege and budget privilege listeners, that is the itinerary you want to take. Um, and if you have the option, you know, unless you know, you're, as I mentioned, you're a photographer and, and the guide can present, you know, sort of maybe an obstacle for what you're trying to achieve from your trip. Taking one of these guided safaris with us is literally, you know, the best decision you can make. These guides that work with Quasar are not only fun, entertaining, professional, but they know Patagonia like the back of their hand, you know, it's, it's their home. So they're going to show you spots you know for whether it's for photos uh, take you to hikes to hidden places they're gonna be able to find the wemul deer or spot pumas and things like that that you're normally um you know wouldn't see on your own and you know now that i talk about pumas i also forgot the one program that we do that only sticks to the chilean side is our puma tracking and photo safari tour that one only is offered in the Chilean side just because um, Pumas mainly congregate on the Chilean side. They're well protected there. Um, not so much in the Argentine side where they're still hunted today by cattle farmers because they, they eat their sheep mainly. Um, but on the Chilean side, they're very well protected. And in our Puma trekking safaris, we have a 95% success rate of seeing these wild cats sometimes in the hunt. And you can check out videos on our website. but that's generally how our programs work. And as I said, each night you spend on these wonderful lodges on both sides, you get to sip on fine Chilean wines on, on the Chilean side and find Argentine wines. And then you can decide which is better because that's always, uh, you know, an issue of discussion. <laughs> the the two countries. <laughs> yeah. And like you and I discussed Lydia, you know, crossing from Chile to Argentina might sound like, you know, crossing by land on a Jeep vehicle. I'm wondering how you get into another country, you know, if you're doing your own excursion too. Exactly. So Quasar takes care of all this for you. You know, we give you the forms pre-filled. Um, we let you know exactly how it goes. These borders, remember that there are literally hundreds and hundreds of tourists crossing every single day. Okay. So even if you just show up with a binder full of papers, you know, <laughs> they'll take them from you. They'll take the papers that they need. Um, Exactly. Just get off and, Check and it get, off. get you on your way. <laughs> so it's super easy. The windows, um, you know, on the on the immigration control points are very well labeled. They tell you which form you have to present. And it's a relatively easy process to cross from one country to another. Um, so you don't have to be afraid um, about that part. Even if you don't speak Spanish, for example, at least on the Chilean side, uh, there there is somebody there who speaks English. But on the Argentine side, where they often do not speak English, they, again, they know exactly which forms you need. And so, again, with these binders that we give you all the documents, plus your passports, they'll just get the documents that they need, and you sign off, and you're on your way. 
If you have a cell phone, you can get Google Translate and you can travel the world. So exactly. Any, any questions you have, it's so cool because you can even like, I don't know why you're not accepting me into your country. And then it'll say it in that language to the other person. So that's a great such tip. An amazing. There's like there's almost no barriers these days for anything. Yeah. And of course, you know, these they're there's they depend on tourism, right? These regions. So they're very friendly with tourists. Most like restaurants and hotels, if you want to stop at a place, they will speak English and it's really, really easy. And as you know, maybe fuel is a concern for somebody in a Jeep vehicle, especially if you do the self-drive, it's clearly marked in your itinerary exactly where you need to refuel. And as I mentioned to you too, when we were speaking earlier, um, in towards the Pine National Park, for example, there isn't a gas station nearby, but we, you know, are the, the person who actually is taking care of you while you're there. If you're on a self-drive, for example, they'll give you a call, um, you know, at the morning of the hotel and just say, you know, the refueling operation for your Jeep is happening tonight. Just leave the keys at reception. And while you're sleeping, somebody from our team will go, we'll check your tire pressure, we'll change the tire, if, you know, any of them are losing air or something like that. Um, you'll get refueled and the next morning, you know, your vehicle is ready to go. So we take care of all these things for you. Um, and that is part of the advantage and the peace of mind that people have when they book an overland safari with Quasar versus, for example, just renting a car and going on your own. I can't tell you how many times, Lydia, we've actually encountered people stuck in the middle of nowhere with no with fuel. no way, yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe two flat tires so they can't change anymore and no way to actually communicate we actually provide satellite phones in all our vehicles for people to use because there is no cell phone coverage in most of these places. So you always have access to the Quasar team 24-7. Talk about buying peace of mind, right? I feel like when I've talked to you about the other, the Galapagos, and then, of course, this one, too, I just feel like, you know, maybe someone who doesn't every day live a luxury lifestyle would want to know that your package, it might be a little bit above their um, normal spend, but these are like trips of a lifetime. And, and I feel like the vetting that y'all do is a way for everyone to know that their money and their, um, their purchase is buying safety, peace of mind, experience, you know, 90% chance you're going to see a Puma. I mean, just the, the fact that we did in our other episode, remember how we talked about working with the locals and working in sustainable, you know, uh, Quasar is really big about sustainability. We can touch on that right now because somebody who might not have watched the Galapagos doesn't understand how y'all go uh, how y'all are responsible to the planet, even though you're enjoying what the planet has to offer your, what was your saying? You take photos and leave only footprints. Is that what you told exactly. me? Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because I want people to realize that um, yes, your tour might be what they could consider the excursion could be considered like that's a little bit more outside of my price range, but we're describing why it might be and two, what you're going to get for that. And it might just be the one trip of a lifetime that you're willing to take that extra 
luxury. I do want to say one thing before you get started. My girlfriend listened to the Galapagos with you while she was at her pool. And she goes, I want to go number one now. And and I'm only going to do it that way through <laughs> through the you know excursion that you describe because it's like why would you go any other way? <laughs> it's it's just an amazing you know opportunity to work with such quality um, detail, right? You're y'all are so into the customized detail for every traveler. It's not the tour's not detailed; it's the traveler's needs are detailed with Quasar, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, just going back to your point about these once in lifetime trips, we've all been on these adventures that for some reason or another did not live up to our expectations, right? Maybe we were trying to save a little money here and we went with our second option because the first just seemed, you know, maybe uh, too pricey. Uh, But there are so many different elements that you have to consider that Quasar has considered, you know, in packaging and creating these wonderful all-inclusive adventures, you know, for our guests. One thing that people don't think about is, for example, insurance. The fact that should anything happen to you while hiking, you know, atop this beautiful glacier, which you can do, you can ice hike there, and we take you there. Um, emergency air evacuation is included as part of your trip, and in insurance for whatever, for you know, getting medical attention there for. Um, damage to the vehicle it's all included all right and we only work with professional service providers that have very strong uh attention to yeah exactly exactly safety standards and so these are you we're never putting you in harm's way in these things and that's often maybe you know a, a risk people take and they they don't realize so that's one thing um and then of course the other component is you know, giving back to these wonderful places because we do realize and we always have as a company that even though, you know, nature and the world has gifted us with these wonderful places, we can't just take from them, you know, we have to give back. And so in Patagonia, for example, in 2011, there was a huge fire that burned down, I think it was around 80,000 acres of Turzo Pine National Park. Um, it was started by a tourist and, um, reforestation then became a big necessity. You know, these native tree forests had all burned down. And so since 2014, Quasar has been supporting Reforest Patagonia and every guest who travels with Quasar plants their own tree. And so this tree not only helps to restore these native forests that burned down, but it also offsets, you know, the carbon dioxide that your stay in the park produces. All right. So in, I believe it's in four years time, it will have set all the emissions of the hotels and the excursions that you took. And the emissions that are released by the the Jeep vehicles that we provide, we actually work with the carbon fund to offset those and that's included as part of your trip. So our adventures in Patagonia are completely carbon neutral. And as I mentioned too, it's not just about nature, Uh, the same as with Galapagos, you know, people, only think that by supporting wildlife protection and um, you know endangered species and and uh, introduced species you know those kinds of programs they're really helping the Galapagos but it's also about the people that live there and this certainly it's exactly the same way in Patagonia there are important problems in Patagonia that need to be addressed um, there's a lot of fishing happening there um, for king crab for example 
from unexperienced fishermen that have never taken a, like a paddy instruction course, right? And so they're risking their lives uh, unknowingly every day. And many of them die each year due to decompression sickness or accidents and things like that. And so Quasar helps to be able to, um, you know, get these people the training that they need and, and perform their economic activities in a safe way. We also help with a school that teaches English, realizing that we probably want these kids, you know, maybe the kids of the fishermen to maybe not fish, that gender generation maybe focuses on tourism. But knowing that about 70% of the tourists that come to Patagonia are English speaking, or that's the main language that they use to get around, that you need to speak more relatively good English. For them. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's uh, that kind of help while always maintaining, you know, as much as we can, the traditions of the place, you know, the Patagonia has a very rich heritage of the ranches that have been there for centuries. And taking people to hike a place like the base of the towers that's behind you is, of course, a main attraction. But also going and seeing what a sheep shearing demonstration is in one of these estancias, you know, watching the border collies literally jump on top of the sheep is an incredible experience <laughs> and these animals are so smart lydia you can't imagine through one tone of a whistle they know to separate one sheep from the group through another tone they know to group them together another tone of the whistle just makes them you know you know sit still and be ready for the next command and these animals are just they're fascinating. They, they're, it's fascinating. It's fa and so getting to know the locals, having mate with that local gaucho, that's the term for the local cowboys in Patagonia, drinking the mate tea with them and sharing stories is something that we always take that opportunity for guests actually to enjoy, aside from the obviously the iconic and must do's of the destination, like hiking the base of the towers or, you know, going to see Perito Moreno Glacier. So it's a real there's a real balance in how we put together our adventures. Yeah. You know, I learned a new term and maybe that's just because I'm new to the travel industry, you know, as a, from a marketing perspective. And I was curious, have you ever heard it? Somebody said um, like impact travel. Have you heard that term? And it, it reminded me of you and our conversation because you have to be conscious of the impact that you're making when you go travel. So in your case with the Galapagos or Patagonia, the impact you make is positive, right? You're giving back. And so I yeah. really thought that was an interesting term that I had never heard before, but it makes a lot of sense when, you, you know, cause you and I were talking the other day and I asked you, well, what are some of the questions when someone's calling around asking for, um, advice and tour information and they're talking to a tour guide or an excursion guide or a, you know, planning management company. Remember I was like saying, well, what are some of the questions they need to ask of the people to know that it matches with their, um, you know, their belief system. And so you went through, you know, some of the questions that way. And I thought people need to be concerned when they're deciding where they're going to go and what they're going to do and who they're going to do it with. They need to think about what is the impact that I'm going to contribute, especially like my carbon footprint or, you know, the waste aspect, the whole sustainability conversation. And, and y'all really take care of that and hold it as a priority. And that's one of the reasons that I love yeah. highlighting Quasar. 
And and ultimately, Lydia, in their respect, even though, of course, as the companies operating the region, we're responsible for leading these sustainable, eco-friendly, low-impact operations. Um, ultimately, the power lies in the person who's acquiring the product. And so the responsibility that lies on all travelers to actually take the time and research what the company that you're traveling with is doing to help the destination, to help the environment, to offset the emissions from your um, from your trip is super important. And you, at least I travel this way now, and I love seeing that my dollars go a longer way with certain companies, and those are the companies that I choose. And generally, they tend to have the best experience anyways because they're focused on the overall well-being and and this impact travel that i hadn't heard of the term exactly like that but i know i know exactly what it is and quasar definitely does that where we try to keep impact to a minimum through doing all these things that are part of you know one of these grand expeditions in patagonia yeah i am so thrilled to have been able to share with our audience and future listeners about patagonia i hope we've inspired in this conversation everyone to consider patagonia on their bucket list as a must do and i hope that they make really good decisions about the companies that they work with and we know that based on our conversation that quasar expeditions is a company that's doing it right. So, <laughs> so exactly. do, you have, do you have anything you want to share before we say goodbye and thank our listeners for stick, sticking with us? Um, just, I would say, you know, do your research, plan ahead, take a look at, there are common like pitfalls or mistakes that many travelers make when visiting Patagonia. Make sure you don't do those, right? like knowing when to visit, what the minimum amount of time you need to spend it in place, how to choose the excursions, you know, which companies and things like that. You can find a lot of that information on Quasar's website. It's quasarex.com. And once you get those boxes checked off, you know, whether it's with Quasar or not, just make sure that, you know, you take all those boxes, you get all those questions answered, and you'll have you'll be better prepared than 90% of the travelers going to the destination to have a truly amazing time. These are one of a kind destinations. It's not cheap to get there. Even if you're traveling, for example, as a backpacker between flights and transportation and, and the lodging that is scarce, you know, so the prices are cheap at any level or aren't cheap at any level. Um, so just make sure you get the most out of your time there and you get the best experience in Patagonia possible. I love that. Thank you so much, Fernando, for spending another day here talking about um, how Quasar Expeditions really cares and customize the excursions for the traveler. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you for coming. And I hope to see you online. Thank you, Lydia. <laughs> Talk to you later. Take care. Thanks Bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Global Travel Junkie podcast and YouTube channel, reach out to us at our Contact Us form at globaltraveljunkie.com. We hope to see you out traveling. Adios. Ciao. Au revoir.